Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 51 of View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm hot. I'm, it's insanely, it's like, it's late September and it's like 90 degrees out. It is very hot today. Yeah, man. I don't know. Climate change. We're all going to die. I'm glad I don't live by the coast, et cetera, et cetera. It's yeah. the end of the world, Matt. Yeah, but it'll be like 60 degrees later this week. So it's only oh, the okay. end of the world today. And then Great. maybe again Glad later. But, you know, it'll be cool for now, I guess. Ha <laughs> 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 Anyway, in lighter news, uh, today we are watching episode 51 of Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. It is called Hero Elimination. Uh, but Dave, before we get into that, we have to get through our two-time award-winning opening segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What, pray tell, is our first star of the week? So our first star of the week, Matt, is uh, it's it's not actually anything jokey. It's just good news. If somehow you haven't heard this already, news you is, can use. Yeah, is that uh, Shout Factory is now streaming Zoo Ranger through O Ranger for free on their website. So if you've been listening to our show for a while and uh, you haven't gotten around to watching the DVDs, then uh, Shout Factory just did you a huge favor. Yeah, which is giving you their product. For free. I'm not actually sure why Shout Factory is doing this, but I approve. Well, they they haven't put up the most recent season that they released on DVD. So, like, okay. Car Ranger is on DVD, but is not yet uh, streaming on their site. And Mega Ranger is, like, about to come out, I think, but is not yet streaming on their site. So, I okay. think that they are, like, releasing their back catalog for streaming. Um, but that is great, because we are about to be rolling into O-Ranger in a few weeks here. Uh, yep. So you, the listeners, if you have not been purchasing the DVDs and want to be watching along, um, or if you know anybody else who is going to be watching uh, those uh, coming up soon and want to have something to listen along with, uh, that is yep, what I call Synergy, bro. Yeah, that worked out really well. Again, Shout Factory, we are just, we would absolutely be your official podcast. Just yeah, the, the, the fact that we're already, up. that we're not already their official podcast is a little bit insulting. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say a tiny bit. A We've tiny been doing bit. this every week for three years. Uh, we love you guys. <laughs> anyway, um, it's not actually insulting. It's, yeah, no, that's a ridiculous thing to say. But we asterisk, would absolutely. Uh, asterisk <laughs> then at the bottom of the page, it is actually insulting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, we just really wanted exciting. to let y'all know. So, uh, Matt, what is our second star of the week? Uh, second star of the week, Dave, is a television program that I have been watching. Um, it's okay. It's not a long-running television program. It is a program that was on showing on my television. I've sort of that counts. That's a television program. That's I've backflipped through this enough. I was watching the May Young Classic uh, this week. I, I'm like oh, a week okay. or two behind on it. Uh, but if you are unaware, Dave, or if you, the listeners, are unaware, this was a um, a professional wrestling tournament uh, that the WWE put on on their network. 
which is still only nine ninety nine a month, as I understand it. Um, right. <laughs> and it was a a women's wrestling uh, tournament, and it was super good. Now, he, Mae Young is she was like uh, like a lady wrestler from like way like back in like the fifties or sixties or something, right? Yeah, you got it. I, I, I believe so. I don't actually know a ton about Mae Young, but yeah, she was like a very old school. Um, wrestling person who then sort of like stayed in the business for a lot of her life. Um, oh, okay. Anyway, so what's cool about when WWE does these tournaments, because uh, they did it with the, the Cruiserweight Classic and then also the UK tournament that they did last year, they bring in, like there are a few people who are in the tournaments who are part of the WWE normally who you mm-hmm. watch like week to week, but they also use it as a chance to bring in a lot of new talent. And so oh. what's really exciting about it is not just that you get to watch a lot of cool wrestling, but you get to see like people and styles that you are unfamiliar with. Oh, okay. Now how much like I am tangentially interested in wrestling. Like I'll watch it if it's on and I like watching it with you and our buddy Josh. Um how stylistically different is wrestling if you go from like the WWE to Japan? to Mexico, to, like, wherever. Oh, uh, it is super different. No kidding. Yeah, like, you wouldn't necessarily think that, it, like, that there's that much room to be that different. That's kind of exactly what I would think, yeah. But, like, the WWE style is very much, like, they have a house style, and people sort of, like, work within that to, like, you know, do one version of it as opposed to another. But if you compare... If you know, if you watch Monday Night Raw and then you mm-hmm. go on Netflix and watch some like Lucha Underground, and then you go on YouTube and look up some videos of like New Japan Pro Wrestling, mm-hmm. like they are all like they're all very clearly and definably professional wrestling. Yeah, but the styles are a lot different. Some are a lot more showy. Some are a lot like you know, it looks like the hits are a lot stiffer. You know, like it looks more like someone is actually connecting. Um, uh, there a lot of stuff. I think a lot of uh, UK style wrestling is a lot of like submissions and chain wrestling as opposed to like uh, like high flying or like like big dudes just like slamming into each other. Oh, no kidding! And well, that's so all pretty, that's all pretty cool. Yeah, and so when you see these international tournaments, you see not only people who are coming out of these different like wrestling schools around the world, um, but you get to see them also interact with each other. And so, like the final match of this tournament was um, a Japanese woman named Kairi Sane who looks like a Final Fantasy-like pirate princess. I have definitely seen pictures of her. Uh, Yeah, she is amazing, and she has, like, the sick, nastiest elbow drop of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Versus a woman named Shayna Baszler, who used to be an MMA fighter and has, like, just come over into professional wrestling, like, two years ago. That seems like a weird switch, but okay. People do it sometimes. Um, Brock Lesnar sort of has gone back and forth between WWE and UFC. Brock Lesnar is just a professional large man. Like, that is his... Like, he has Professional large man slash sandwich uh, aficionado. Yeah, like, he has done... He played, like, pro football for a minute, and he was in the MMA, and he's done WWE. Like, he's just... He's a professional large man. Is what he does. So that does not surprise me at all. Uh, but yeah, it was very cool. Uh, they, the, they did all of the other, like the full tournament down where they do NXT. So it's like a smaller arena. But then for the finals, they had it like 
in like I think it was attached to one of like either SmackDown or Raw. So like it was a full stadium full of people, and they had like a whole red carpet thing leading up to the finals. They made a big showy deal of it. It was super cool. And if you like wrestling, specifically if you like women's wrestling, um, definitely check it out. It's super good. Yeah, and I will say we may have mentioned this on the show before, but I feel like. If, if you just told me, like, oh, women's wrestling, my immediate reaction would be to assume that this is basically, like, a lurid sort of, like, thing. Um, that it's, like, very sexualized and blah, blah, blah. And let me say, I have actually not, at least recently, I have not found that to be the case. No. Like, I, and ladies I think that... wrestling is rad wrestling. Like... These are excellent, excellent wrestling performers. Um, they're re- I'm, I'm now. I've only really watched a whole lot of NXT, but um, I was like super impressed. Like it's really, really rad. So, uh, so just like that's a that's a thing. This is not like a weird like ooh ladies wrestling sort of thing. Uh, it's it's really good wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I think that you maybe got that impression because uh, that is definitely what women's wrestling was when we were growing up. Yeah, that's totally true. Which I think is probably why. I, yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it like is one hundred percent rad, and you should check it out. And yeah. speaking of things that uh, we have checked out, Dave, what is our third star of the week? So <laughs> this is a short one, man. Uh, I was coming home today, and I in Ohio, you can get something called historical plates for your car. Yeah, this might be the case in other states too. I just, I only have experience buying license plates in Ohio. Right, it would make sense to me that it would be. Uh, But a historical plate is like, if you drive a a schnazzy older car and you want to register it specifically as like a historical car, you can get these plates. And usually where you see them is, like I said, somebody has like, you know, spiffed up like a 57 Cadillac and it's got historical plates on it. And the only... The only benefit, as far as I can tell, as far as I know from uh, having historical plates, is that you, it has to be like a certain age old. Like it, you cannot put historical plates on like a recent car. And you, um, if it's registered as a historical car, you get like a bunch of money off of your insurance because there's something about like agreeing to not drive it like too many miles. Like the understanding is like, yes, it's a motor vehicle. Yes, you can drive it. But like it's primarily... A historical showpiece and so you're not like taking road trips in this thing right right it's not like your commuter car or it's not yeah, meant to be precisely so i'm driving by this driveway and <laughs> i see and they look very different so they sort of stand out so i see historical plates and i look at the car to which it is attached and it is like a beat to heck like <laughs> 80s wood panel station wagon and I was just reminded that although basically people use these historical plates for their snazzy 57 caddy, the only actual requirement is that the car be like 25 years old. And I think this person just looked at their meetup station wagon and said, well, it is 25 years old. I, I don't drive it that much. And they just put historical plates in that bed boy. And I, okay. I laughed out loud in my car. That is amazing. And I am super jealous because I used to drive a 1988 Honda Civic. See, you, died. you would have been super close. Well, I was a few years away when my when that car like literally fell apart. Um, like, no joke. I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast before. But one day, like I parked my car in a parking lot to go into a place to get a sandwich. 
in the time between like me going in and like eating the sandwich and coming back out, a wheel had fallen off of my car. Yeah, <laughs> just like in the parking fell lot. Out. Um, the the control arm rusted away from the like bottom part of the car, and so the wheel was just like still kind of attached, but like sideways. <laughs> Um, Anyway, but I was really bummed because I really desperately wanted historical plates, Dave, because not only do you get like a big savings on your like insurance and um, like registration fees, but historical vehicles no longer have to pass an emissions check. Oh, nice. Which is probably what that dude was thinking. He's like, well, my car is 25 years old. It does still run, but there is no it way will on not pass earth an emissions check it will pass the emissions question. check. So yeah. I'll just get the historical plates and everything will be cool. <laughs> well, it seems to be working out for that dude. So good for him. Uh, what, Matt, is our third star of the week? Our fourth star of the week, Dave. Our fourth star of the week, Matt. Um, is that yesterday, um, I was out with our sister. We were out buying um, some houseplants because our houseplants had died and we needed yep. to replace them again. Um, I, I'm beginning to believe that I am not good at houseplants. Um, but so we were out and as we were out, we had been playing Dungeons and Dragons the night before. And Katie said, oh, you know what? I would like to get another set of dice. Because... I... A, because Matt, like that is the, the sickness that like creeps into your mind when you start playing D&D, is that you always I, need more dice. I cannot tell you how excited I am. Our sister has played five or six sessions of Dungeons & Dragons, I think, at this point, and has, I believe, two sets of dice already. Yeah, but you know how it is, in, man. Oh, no, no, no. I do know how it is, Matt. <laughs> I get it. What I love is... Is that that is not because that's not ever that's not like something we taught her. We didn't say like, oh, when you start playing Dungeons and Dragons, you need a bunch of dice. She just started like there's something inherent about the experience of playing Dungeons and Dragons that just gets into your brain and makes you say, I, I just I need more dice. I have to have these dice. These dice are bad. I didn't test them before I started playing, <laughs> and it turns out I got bad ones. And now I need new ones. Yeah. Uh, just or, the fact that it was else, a spontaneous like, expression. Yeah. yeah, like, and also, like, when you cast Cloud of Daggers, that's 4d4. If you don't it's have four a, yeah. sets of dice, then you need to roll some twice. And that is for jerks and losers. Yeah, that's completely unacceptable. Uh, that is a sucker's game right there. And so we were out, and I, I popped open my phone. I'm like, okay, where is a game store around here? Because I actually don't live near a game store um, myself. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up. I'm like, okay, somewhere out in like a few suburbs over, there is a hobby shop that looks like they will have dice. Okay. So I put it into my phone and like, you know, we started following the directions. Now, when we get near to where it is, this place is in such a location that there was no final step of like turn left into the driveway or like into the parking lot. And now you are here. It's like I got to the general area of like a series of plazas and, and my phone said, was just like, you did it. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but I had no idea where this place was. And normally, you know, you could drive around in the parking lot and you see the, you know, the signs because all of the stores, are, you know, have yeah, a storefront they that you can see. They would like you to know where they are. Right. We did not have that experience. We're just driving around this parking lot. We're like, okay, here's a, here's a Lowe's. Here's a... 
here's like a little other store. Here's a like a BW3s. And we're just going around in circles trying to find it. And I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, no, it's none of these buildings. And I, I turn to my left and look to what it's just like a nondescript square building that could be an office block or could be like, you know, like a suburban office block. Yeah, or, secret government facility, suburban yeah. office block. Like, yeah, like an unfortunate apartment or like, you know, the sort of place where you go where like maybe your optometrist has an office. Like one of those. Yeah, no, I, right? yeah I, I'm pretty sure the windows are like are sort of gray. It was probably built in like 1992. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go like we're like, I think it's in that like so we go over it. There's two buildings that are sort of next to each other. Next to a section of the parking lot that is, for no discernible reason, raised about eight feet. Okay. There's like a ramp up to this part of the parking lot, but there's nothing underneath the parking lot, to my knowledge. So we're just in this giant raised parking lot in between these two nondescript buildings. And like, well, this is as close as like the directions are going to get us. We hop out of the car. We go to find a sign. The sign says, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, the building that you're looking for. We do have a sign for it. It is an official place of business. It's in that one over there. So we we walk into this building, and, like, there's no signs on the building, right? It's just, like, building. Yeah, I mean, this sort of building doesn't usually have signs. Because it doesn't normally have retail locations. Yeah, so we, okay, we walk sure. in and we look at like the building directory and it says, oh yes, this store is on like the lower level, like office number 28. They're like, okay, I guess we're going to get in this elevator to go to the basement of this office block to find a game store. And we go down there and wander down a hallway for a while. And eventually, sure enough, like, there's a big double glass door and we walk in and it is full of 50 nerds playing Magic the Gathering. And, like, they have a whole wall where you can buy dice. Like, it is a legit store. But they're, like, when we walked in, everyone sort of turned to look at us. And I can only imagine their thought was, like, we don't recognize you. How do you know that this is here? I was just going to say the only part of this store that would make sense to me is if they, if it was, okay, how old were the people in there? Oh, I mean, anywhere between 25 and 45. Okay, see, that actually, the fact that there's anybody in there under the age of like 35, 40 is a little bit weird to me. Because the only thing in my head that makes sense for that store is if what they sell is like super obscure war games. That would make sense. That is like, not the case. That makes sense, and it's like, full of like and Munchkin and stuff. Huh? It was that's... A, it was just a regular like according to Hoyle game store, but it's like just... it was just huh. hidden in the most absurd way possible. And the whole time we're walking down there, we're like, this this can't be right, right? Like we have to be lost. Like, I kept expecting to get to a dead end and be like, well, I guess this store just doesn't exist. And it was like an old listing that we accidentally followed. But nope, it was there. It was working. Uh, it was really, it was hopping. It was just also in the basement of an office block. Wow. Well, hey, man, uh, needs must, I guess. Yeah. You know, like, if you got to play Magic the Gathering, you got to play Magic the Gathering. So you go where the magic is. Yeah, just follow that magic. 
Uh, Dave, then what is our fifth and final Star of the Week? So fifth and final Star of the Week, Matt, is it's a little hard to believe, but we are actually getting to the end of Kaku Ranger. Yeah, like not today, but not, very yeah, yeah, soon. Not today. But soon, next week, actually. So uh, we just want to remind you that next week we're, we uh, we have kind of a weird schedule, which we just what we normally do. So I guess it's not actually weird; it's just uh, out of the ordinary for a normal week. So next week we're actually going to watch both and cover both episodes of uh, the last two episodes of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, mm-hmm. and then the week after that. We'll do sort of a series retrospective. Uh, we'll watch the Gokaiger episodes that feature the characters from Kaku Ranger. Yeah, and, and uh, we'll I know that, that. Uh, Sasuke appears in last year's show Ninninger. So I'm going to try to find those episodes. So we can chat about that as well. Yeah. So we've got we've got next week, which will close out the season, and which and next week we're probably not going to do five stars because there's not really going to be time for it. Yeah, um, it's it, it's long. Uh, And then, yeah, we'll have a week where we sort of cover stuff. Yeah. Uh, We'll have a week where we sort of cover stuff, you know, as sort of a wrap up. And then the week after that, I don't know what we're going to do. We might do a Creature Royale. We might do a sort of off episode of a different uh, Sentai show like we've done a few times before. Uh, And then following that, that is when we will officially start season four of the Super Sentai Brothers. So just so you have sort of the programming notes in your head moving forward through the next couple of weeks, that is our plan. That's what's up. Uh, Speaking of, Matt, watching Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, let's go watch Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. That is an excellent call, my friend. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're going to watch episode 51, Hero Elimination, and we will be right back. Ninja, Ninja! All right. Welcome back. We have just finished watching episode 51 of Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. Dave, how did you, how did this episode make you feel? Well, I gotta be real, man. There's like a lot going on in this episode. Uh, I am excited. I'll tell you this much. I am really excited that, uh, not to be like, oh, thank goodness we're finally finishing Kaka Ranger. But I am excited that this does really feel like kind of a last episode. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it really feels like we are rolling in. The stakes are ramping up. Uh, the action is getting crazier. You know, there's a lot of like heartfelt intensity on the part of the characters. So, I mean, it was a great episode. All right. Well, let us get into it. We start off, according to my notes, with a storm. We do. Uh, we start off with a lightning storm. And we see uh, Yamamba in her new sleek or her combat form, I guess, for like lack of a better way to say it. She's sort of like trimmed up and uh, the costume they have for her now is a lot more mobile than the one she had in the previous episodes. Yeah, and her huge like open, like gaping mouth with full of like sharp teeth is now a lot more like stylized and there's just some like yeah. zigzaggy patterns on her cheek. Yeah. It's a cool look. So, so she is, uh, yeah, 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 she looks very cool. So she is with Daimou, and Daimou explains, and we may have gotten this before, but I actually had forgotten about it, so I was sort of pleased to see this, is that yokai are literally powered by human despair. Right. This like that is the big, whole... Yeah, like that big cloud of energy that they have been, like, pulling down from is not just sort of, like, generic yokai energy. It is, like, that is the energy that they have gathered by causing human despair. Right. 
uh, which, uh, which, like I said, I had actually forgotten. So, uh, so I was glad to be reminded of that. So he turns around and he says, speaking of causing despair to things, and Hakimenro is still there. Uh, remember, he's been turned into a statue, Hakimenro Suruhime's dad. And so Daimu turns to him, and I forget exactly what he says, but he's basically like, go, go be evil. Like, just go wreck some stuff. Right, like basically. go cause as much despair as you can. Yeah, that's uh, sort of a sort of a broad broad charge. So we go from there, and we see Tsurihime, and she is riding bikes, riding bikes with children, out. riding bikes with children. She's so happy. Uh, she's smiling. Everything seems great. And the guys, the guys see her riding, and <laughs> they're like, "Oh man." That's so nice. Surihime has been, she's had a really stressful time, like with her dad and everything. She's been really bummed out. How nice to see her with like lifted spirits. Right. Like she's actually having fun. And then Sasuke steps in and is like, no, 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 no. Like apparently I am the only one of us who knows Surihime at all. Um, she is definitely still feeling a ton of pain and is just doing this to try to mask all of that. Like this, in fact, not only. Yeah, she's only doing this, I think. I think he says, like, this is what she does when she is in a lot of pain. So we cut back to Surihime, and she's, like, chilling with these kids. And they've stopped riding their bikes and are, like, sitting around on the grass, and they're talking. Um, and one of them, I I don't know exactly how it comes up in conversation, because it seems like an awkward way to start a conversation. Yeah, I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to assume that there was like a lot of conversation that happened before this because this kid just leads with the fact that his dad left them because he was a drunk. Yeah, like he was a drunk and he ran off. Um, and, then, and then his friend says like, oh, yeah, your dad's a huge jerk. He like a, like he was irresponsible and abandoned his entire family. Like your dad sucks. Which, yeah. like. On one hand, I can understand, like, if you are a kid and someone tells you that your dad sucks, like, that is not a cool experience for you to have. On the other hand, like, his friend is right and is actually, like, trying his best to be, like, a cool, supportive friend. See, that's, like, okay, so, um, uh, what's the kid's name? Shigeru. Shigeru, thank you. Uh, Shigeru, he... He's the one with the drunky dad, and then his friend is like, yeah, your dad is a jerk. I, he, and then Shigeru flips out. I read that completely wrong, because I thought the friend was being like, yeah, Shigeru, like, I feel you, dude. Like, you're you're an okay dad. Like, none of this is your fault. Your dad is a jerk. You know, like, keep it, you know, like, be cool, uh, blah, blah, blah. But Shigeru flips out. Yeah, and, like, just runs over and starts, like, hitting his friend. And Sunihime pulls him off and says, like, listen, um... Maybe, maybe, maybe your dad ran off. But you know what? Like, adults have to deal with a lot of stuff that you, as a kid, do not yet understand. So, like, maybe just chill for a second. Yeah, I thought... Which is a weird message for this episode to throw in there. And I realized, like, okay, what... I think that what we are meant to understand here is that Surihime's dad also, like, ran off and abandoned her, and that she is trying to, like, process those feelings. Maybe project a little bit. Yeah. But, like, there is a could... big difference between, like, Hakamenru running off to, like, try to save the world and accidentally getting captured 
like there's a difference between that and Shigeru's dad just like drunkenly wandering away from his home and family. I was going to say, like, there's a really big gulf of difference um, because what it sounds like Tsuruhime is saying is that, like, hey, listen, who knows why your dad drank all the time? He maybe just had a lot of stuff going on. Maybe you were a bad kid. Maybe your mom is terrible. Who knows? He just... It could have been anything. You don't understand. You're not an adult yet. Right. (laughs) Maybe your dad had a really good reason for getting ripped all the time and abandoning you his son. So Which maybe, very... maybe why don't you try to be a little more understanding? <laughs> um, that's a weird, so that's a weird message to get. But Tsuru, but then this has reminded Tsuruhime that her own dad is gone. And so uh, we get a shot of her hmm. being sad. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, the Shigeru is not um, contented with this answer and he runs away. Oh yeah, he, but he, he runs away. He's furious. So... Speaking of speaking see, of Tsuruhime's dad, yep, uh, a building uh, explodes. Explosion! There's a building explodes. Yeah, uh, and not just one building explodes. Like we cut to Hakamenru, and he is like he's still sort of in his statue form. Like he's moving yeah. very stiffly. He's all gray. His face is all painted gray. Um, so he's clearly meant to still look like he is made out of stone. And he is just like slowly marching around the city, shooting eye blasts and destroying buildings. Yeah, I got a really big kick. I thought the makeup that they did for it was was actually very cool. Um, because he does totally still look like a statue, but is, uh, is like, running around. Yeah. So, evil statue Hakamenro. Uh, there's got to be an easier way to say that. Uh, evil statue Hakamenro is just wrecking stuff. And uh, we see, like, buildings are collapsing on people and... People are very sad, and there's a woman whose son, I guess, is trapped. She's yelling, help my son. So there the rangers run up. They hang gay. And then they are going to like either go help the people or attack Hakamenro. But before they can get there, Yamamba and the Kunu Ichigumi like, jump into their way. So yeah, the rangers and, can't get over there. And they don't just stand in the way. Like They start giving a speech. And they're like, yeah. listen, uh, that dude over there, that evil statue is... Not to, not to the rangers, to be clear. Oh, yeah, to like the people around. Are like, hey, by the way, uh, that dude is her dad, and he is the one that is causing all of this. And he will continue to destroy this city so long as she is alive. So, you know, whatevs, you know, do what you want, but just so you know... Uh, so long as she lives, this like will continue. Like uh, that's it's all her fault. Like now you have to like turn on her. Right. Uh, that is all it takes. It is a very. This is a very easy sell for Yamamba and the flowery Kunoichigumi because these people straight up Frankenstein mob immediately. Like oh, they yeah. just grab pipes and two well, by fours. It is convenient because all of these buildings have been destroyed. So they're just like pieces of rubble around that they are picking up to start chasing Sudahime with. Yeah. So uh, we oh, do. Oh, by the way, get... uh, Shigeru, the kid, was looking on during this whole exchange. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what he's supposed to get out of this, except that, like, dads are very bad and cause pain in your life, which, again, weird message. Well, I Taka mean, we'll, Ranger. we'll get around to it. I think what this is for is it is showing that Surikime and Shigeru have, like, something in common. Like, they've got dad problems that they can bond over. So Okay, so um, we do see, by the way, is that when the people turn on Tsuruhime, who, of course, they don't know that she's a conquer ranger. They just think that she's, you know, some some woman. Uh, 
but we get kind of a panned out shot and all of their like rage and hate funnels into the cloud and the cloud sort of like gets bigger and there's more lightning. Uh, their rage and hate does take the form of a rainbow. It's a confusing visual. Yeah, which is an odd one. Yeah, like you would think that it would just be like red energy. Like like lightning or something. Yeah, but but no, it looks like a beautiful rainbow ascending into the heavens. Yeah, well, until it hits the evil cloud, which is definitely very obviously an evil cloud. So Suru just books it. She, She just runs away. We get a quick shot of Daima'u, who is loving all of this, and he's laughing, and they can do a lot with this Daima'u costume, but whenever he laughs, it looks inexplicably weird. Yeah, because, because like, the like, face the is mouth... kind of articulated, but not yeah. quite enough. But it's really only the mouth, and so like the mouth is opening, and then he's just sort of shaking his shoulders. But there's like he's got giant tubes coming off of the side of his head like prince of space style and uh and his shoulders are also gigantic and so what really what you just see is like the shoulders kind of moving but the rest of the body is staying still and the mouth is opening and closing it's uh it's not the most convincing piece of acting right in the, sh- in the show uh so anyways so Tsurihime yeah she's running in through the woods. woods she's in the woods she's very sad about her dad she and had the, a sad dad, and she is sad about her dad. Her uh, dad is also sad. Yeah, I mean, all, all dads in this situation. Is she mad, or is she sad? She's certainly not glad. She's certainly not glad, because the situation isn't rad. I was just about to get there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, oh, so she, but she you is know what? sad about her dad. Uh, you know who's bad is your mamba, and your mamba shows up. <laughs> Nice transition. Uh, they're in the woods. You, or she's in Stuck the woods by life. herself. Yamamba shows up and is like, hey, um, how you doing? Nice to see you again. I just thought I'd update you on what exactly the situation is here. Yeah, I love this because it's such a pure RPG moment. Oh, you know, yeah, like the bad absolutely. guy shows up to like bargain. So Yamamba shows up and she says, listen, here's the deal. I'm not here to fight. Like Tsurihime is immediately ready to fight. Yamamba says, listen, I'm not here to fight. Like, I will fight you, but that's not why I'm here. Here's the deal, though. Daimu has taken your dad's soul. That's gone forever. That's a done deal. That's right. not coming back. Like, the guy that you see running around destroying things, like, it looks like your dad and it is your dad's body, but your dad's soul is gone. It has been stolen away. Right. And the only way to release him from this hell is to stab him with this special machete I happen to have right here. And then she throws the machete, and it lands, like, stuck into the tree right next to Tsurihime's head. It's a very cool yeah. shot. It's a, yeah. and, it's a uh, cool-looking like machete, too. It's like a big silver thing, and it's got, like, a cool handle, and there's, like, a skull on the pommel. It's, it's rad-looking. Which, okay, listen, Tsurihime, she has already told you that your dad... This is just obviously a bad trick plan. Like, don't... Listen, I mean, Dave, I agree with you. This is obviously a bad trick plan, but um, I mean, Surihime is having a day, right? Like, which she's not necessarily thinking clearly. I get it. Yeah, no, I feel for her. I'm just saying, like, I I feel like her previous experiences maybe should inform her actions a little bit more. Um, but. But she says, listen, the only way to free your dad from this hell is to stab him with this special machete. If you don't kill him, Yamamba says, if you and you specifically 
do not kill him, then he is just going to kill forever. Like, that is what is going to happen. Right. You are the only one who can help this situation, and the only thing that you can do is to stab your dad in the chest. Right. So, like, you know, peace, I'm out. Just, you know, do what you're going to do. Right. Uh, you can you, you make your own choice. This is the only way to do, save your dad from living hell, though. So that's that. So we cut so away we to the other there. four Cockerangers, and they're running all over town trying to find Surahime. Yeah, we get enough, like, there are enough situations where it's just the four male rangers that I want to have, like, a special nickname for them. I'm I'm 100% coming up dry, and it's basically too late at this point, but I do want it, I have wanted there to be, like, a special catchphrase just to refer to those four. Now, next uh, season, when you have uh, th- the three male rangers as opposed to the two female rangers... Um, uh, you can refer to them as the Bro Rangers, and that can Ooh. be fun for you. Just keep yeah, that in yeah. mind for a couple of weeks from now. Looking forward to that. So they are, they're just kind of running around. They're looking for Surahime because she just ran off and they can't find her. While they are doing this, the three god generals appear to them in like a phantasm and explain what Daimo is doing. They're like, listen. Daimo, who set this whole thing up, right? He's trapped in this stone form. Specifically, they start off by saying Daimo has initiated the beginning of the final battle. Mm. Like, in case you, That's the right. viewer, are not paying attention and do not know how many episodes are left in this show, like this is it. Like this is where the end game starts, right? And he says, the thing that like sustains people and is good is love, and specifically. Like raising, like having kids, raising kids, then those kids like have kids of their own and raise those kids. The cycle continues. Like this is mankind's greatest happiness. And because the yokai draw their power from human suffering, the most important thing is that like that keep happening. And also like infanticide slash patricide or matricide, I guess, is the ultimate yokai fuel. Right, because like that is like that is the greatest despair that a human can go through. Right, and he says that is what Daimu like. This is they admit sort of they're like this is kind of a masterstroke on Daimu's part to get Suruhime to kill her dad. So you cannot let her do that, no matter what. Right, like the the reason that Hakamenru is going crazy is not because of Hakamenru; it is because of Daimyo. So if you stop Daimao, like, you can stop Hakamenru, and then you can save Surahime from, like, getting into a fight to the death with her dad. Right. I do feel like the much better option would have been for them to, to appear to Surahime. Because they could maybe, just... Maybe they also can't find Surahime. That... I mean, listen, I know it's a long shot. Or maybe just, maybe they just know that Surahime is not willing to listen right now. That she's could too be, man. like she's just you know, like she's, she's in a zone and she has some stuff that she's trying to figure out. So they say to the Rangers, they're like, listen, no matter what, you cannot let Surahime kill her dad. Like, you need to go just defeat Daimu first, and that will solve the problem. We go from there. Uh, we explosions. just see a bunch of explosions. A bunch of like buildings are exploding and collapsing and everything. Piles an of rubble. And by the way, the piles of rubble at this point. When there is some rubble, it can look like rubble. But in Super Sentai, at least of this era, the rubble is very clearly made out of, like, styrofoam that has been, like, cut and shaped and painted to look like rubble. Right. 
So when like a big slab of rubble is on top of somebody, it's kind of believable. But when there is just like the screen, like the camera pans over a shot and it's just rubble everywhere, it does just kind of look like there was an explosion in a craft store. Like right. it's just very obvious styrofoam not. everywhere. Um, <laughs> so there is just sty- just styrofoam everywhere, and there is an ambulance. So uh, we see an ambulance drive up. The paramedics jump out. They are they either put someone in or take someone out of the ambulance. I don't remember which. It's it's immaterial. Well, they're probably we doing see... both because there's a lot of injured people around. There's, so there's a lot of yeah. There's, everybody's there's not hurt. enough ambulances to go around. So like you know, one in, one out basically. <laughs> so we see Suruhime, and she is looking. She is like looking at this, and she is like really, really upset because. You know, like, she feels like in some way she's responsible. I'm not really sure why. Uh, she is still running from the mob, though, because we see, like, the mob come around the corner, and they're like, where is she? And Surihime is just running away. Uh, Shigeru sees her, and he says, is that really your dad? Or he says, like, people are saying that's your dad, and I don't believe it. I don't believe that that is your dad, because you're so nice. Which she, is Shigeru, like, that's just not how that works. But, like, you know, she's like, yes, that is my dad. And he runs over and hugs her because they're having a dad moment. Right. It's actually very sweet. So he... It is extremely so, sweet. And, like, they're, like the, the, the bit in the earlier part of the episode was definitely weird. But I'm glad that at least it set us up for this very sweet moment. Yeah. So... It always throws me off when there's like a really heartfelt, wonderful moment because I don't know how to make jokes about it. And then yeah, I just, yeah, and then like you I have... just feel the need to move on. <laughs> well, because then we need to go uh, directly into. Let's see, what does my note state say next? Well, it's Daimu and Yamamba. So oh yeah, yeah. So we yeah we have Daimu... to go from like a beautiful, heartfelt moment between like two people who are having their hearts broken over like you know like their fathers being away from them and then we have to cut to like a weird snake man talking to his like tooth sister about how they're gonna like plan for the end of the world right uh so they say listen this is Daimu says this is going just as about as well as i possibly could have hoped this is amazing and so what's gonna happen is that she is ultimately gonna give up she's gonna kill her dad and she will be so consumed with like despair guilt that she will leave the Rangers and then, like, without their fifth member, their power will be broken and then we will be able to defeat them kind of piecemeal game set match time Right, which is sort of a crazy plan to be starting. Like, listen, they don't know that the show is going to be ending in a few episodes like we do, but they don't because uh, they're in the right. show. But, like, the fact that that is their plan, their plan is not, oh, this is how we're going to finally kill them. Their plan is, okay... This is how we are going to get Surihime to quit being a Kaku Ranger. And then we can finally start killing them. Like, it, it goes to show sort of, like, how many different things they have tried that have not worked. That they're no longer just trying to, like, send a monster to kill the five of them together. I thought, man, like, when they sort of laid that out, uh, I loved it. Like, I was just super impressed Cause like that's some forward thinking, like that's some forward thinking villaining man. Like that's some good stuff. Oh, absolutely! I just think it's really fun. So uh, they're like, anyways, like this plan is going super, super well. We are uh, we're stoked about how well this is going. 
So we cut back to the park, and Hakka Menru shows up. Oh, I'm sorry. When I say the park, I mean the park where Suhime is hugging that kid, yep. uh, Shigeru. So Hakka Menru just walks up and, like, shoots eye lasers at them. Yep. Um, the kid is sort of, like, hurt, but, you know, like, he's, like, I think maybe he's got, like, a cut on his forehead. Like, he's certainly not dead because this show is not going to go that grim. But, like, uh, he is not having a wonderful day. He, man, um... I am going to assume that he's not dead because, as you say, like that's pretty would be pretty crazy for the show. I mean, this isn't Jetman. I was gonna say he he definitely looks pretty dead. Like Tsuruhime is like holding him and is like kind of crying over his inert body. She's just sad that he got hurt a little bit. It's cool. Don't worry about it. This kid's fine. He's fine, Dave. I mean, Don't worry about it. Everything's cool. Let's keep moving. Cool, cool, cool. Great job. Um, so, so she has a flashback, a, yep. like, too earlier in the episode, mm-hmm. um, where Yamamba is telling her, like, you need to kill your dad with a magic sword. Go ahead yep. and do it. It's a cool flashback because it's in, like, film negative, like, reverse black and white. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They do. Uh, they do a cool thing. Um, so she leaves, so I, Shigeru is either fine or, or dead, whatever, and, uh, she goes and she finds the sword, and she pulls it out of the tree where Yamamba had thrown it in before, and there is a big, there's like a lingering shot on the sword, and there's some writing on the sword, but I don't speak Japanese, and there's no subtitle, so... The sword says something. I assume it's important. Um, um, so we cut back to the rangers who are all searching for Surikime. Yeah. Um, and like looking all over town. Yeah. Well, um, uh, we see Seikai is driving around in Naku, uh, Nakamaru. Yeah. And looking... he finds in Nakamaru like a note that Surikime has left. Yeah. And uh, the note says that she is going to Hell Valley Cave, which, oh, we forgot to mention this. Yamamba had told her, like, oh, that's where you need to go to kill your dad, is Hell Valley Cave. I don't think she ever mentions that to the other rangers, but they react as though she did. So let's assume that that's the case. Right. So, like, basically, her note just is like, listen, I've gone to Hell Valley Cave. Sorry, bros. I got to go kill my dad. I'll catch you like, guys on the flip flop. Yeah, I got to do this thing. Uh, they say they're like, no, we can't let her do it. And we will, again, I really just do not know why the three god generals did not appear to her. But they say, we will show Daimu like how close we are. Like we're a team and they can't, they can't do this to us. And then everyone says, yeah, like it's a very good, like it's a very good Sasuke as like, um, inspiring leader moment, which we don't get a whole ton. Okay, so uh, from here kind of forward, there's going to be a lot of flashing back and forth. It's actually pretty good camera cuts because there's a bunch of things happening all at the same time. So Tsuruhime, she's got the evil sword. Well, this is actually, I think, Dave, that you flipped the two scenes because this is where Tsuruhime goes to get the sword. Because we're cutting between her going to the woods to get the sword. Uh, According to my notes, we go to the other four driving with determination. Mm. Which yeah, is, yeah, you know, yeah, they've they got are. that look in their eye, but like they're yep. just sitting in a car. Uh, yeah, so they are rushing. We see she's got the sword now. Surihime is approaching the cave. We see Hakumenru inside the cave, and he's I don't know, resting or something. Like he's just there. He's a statue, so it's hard to tell. But he's just there. He's not like moving around. 
Right. Uh, like, we see... They drive up to where the cave sort of is, but they can only go so far on Nekamaru, which is, of course, crazy because Nekamaru can fly and could just fly over there, no problem. But they sort of forget about that in this moment because they need it for drama. It's okay. Yeah, I also do appreciate that everybody just knows where, like, Hell Valley Cave is. That That's just a thing that everyone knows. Um, also, I'm pretty sure Hell Valley... Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. I am pretty certain that Hell Valley Cave is the same cave where... Who was the White Ranger? Boon? What was his, What was that dude's name? The White Ranger from Die Ranger? The White Tiger Ranger. Oh, um... Not Boon. That's the ninja boy from this show. Um... Yeah. Uh, Ko. Yes, Ko. Ko. I'm pretty sure this is the cave where Ko's mom dies. Like, I'm, I think it's the same spot. I was actually just about to say that. I think it is the cave where Ko's mom and also, um, what's, his, what's his name? Kamaru? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think this I is, think where, this they is where those two died. So uh, they have cleared out that rubble and those corpses, and now they have a new statue in there, and it's all going to go bad again. Nothing good yeah. ever happens in this cave. Yeah, I also, this is definitely not in a valley, though. I just want to, like, they call it Hell Valley Cave. It's definitely not in a valley. But it is a uh, cave, and it's, you know, sort of hellish, maybe. So I'm willing to give them the two out of three. So the rangers, we see the rangers, like, they're rushing towards the cave, like, yelling for Suruhime. Suruhime does not hear them. She is in the cave, approaching her dad. Now, when you say they are all the yelling for Suruhime, they are not all together yelling for Suruhime. They cut to the cave. Suruhime is standing in front of her dad. So they cut to the cave. Suruhime is in there. She is holding a sword. She is crying. They cut back to Sasuke. Sasuke says, Suruhime! They cut back to the cave. Suruhime is like standing closer to her dad and kind of holding the sword and thinking about doing it. They cut back to Jiraiya, and Jiraiya says, Suruhime! And they just say, keep doing this. Like, Yeah, they get in, I think, one shot of everybody. Everybody calls for Suruhime, and in between we just see Suruhime contemplating killing her dad and, and crying. She raises the sword. She's crying. She can't do it. She, like, she just, she gives up. She's like, I can't do it, even if my dad is super evil or whatever. Like, I cannot stab my dad. She drops the sword and she sort of collapses on the statue of Hakamenru, uh, crying. As the rangers are making their final approach at the cave mouth, Yamamba and the flowery Kunoichigumi arrive and block their way. Right, and they, then uh, and then they start fighting. Yeah, they say like, "Listen, like you can't go in there because if you go in there, you're going to stop her, and we're not going to let that happen. So we're all going to fight out here." Uh, now, when they start doing this, the sun is still up. But throughout yes. the course of this fight, it gets, like, darker and darker. So, like, they are just out there fighting all night. And what so, Yamaba says is that, like, since they are getting all of this extra, like, rage and hate and despair energy from the people, like, the yokai are currently at, like, their strongest point. Like, they have never been stronger than this. Yeah, and I actually really appreciated that explanation because, like, three seconds before that... I had noted, I'm like, man, I feel like the power level of the Kunoichigumi as it relates to the Rangers is just wildly inconsistent. And but I, then Yamamba throws yeah. this thing out and I'm like, oh, okay, great. Like, thank you for that explanation. That that actually really helps. Yeah, now, absolutely. When Matt says that over the course of the fight gets darker and darker, what he means is it's daytime and it's daytime and it's daytime. And then we flip to Sasuke and it is 100% nighttime. I think there was like a brief like transition, but yeah, it's it's pretty abrupt. So um, cool. And as they're going through this fight, I am I was thinking about the fact that we're near the end of the show, and so like in the same way that I was thinking a few episodes ago about how I'm going to miss like the cool ninja fights. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm specifically going to miss the cool ninja fights between the Kaka Rangers and the flowery Kuno Ichigumi. Nailed it. Thank you. Um, because, like, they're so sort of, you know, like, depending on how the episode is being written, they're very evenly matched. And so yeah, you just get to see, like, cool ninja like, fights. They're cool ninja fights. And both sides have, like, cool ninja superpowers and awesome costumes and, like, special moves. And, like, they're teleporting around. And so you just get to see, like, okay, like, this one attacks Seikai, um, and they're fighting. And then Seikai goes to hit her, but she teleports away. And then she, like, jumps out of the sky and attacks him out of nowhere. And she gets him, but when she gets him, it's actually just his clothes. And he wasn't there. He was behind her. And then she teleports again. And, like, listen, I'm not describing it super well because there's a lot of teleportation, and that's hard to visualize. But... The point but, is that I'm really going to miss this kind of fight in this show. Yeah, it's it is it's really cool and it's uh and it's really really well done. So, um the next thing that we see is that base it's just Tsurihime crying again and she kind of remembers all of the destruction that Hakamenru has caused. And then she's like, "No, I I think I have to." We flip back to Yamamba. She does like a crazy fireball. Everybody calls out, and then when I say everybody, I mean both Yamamba and the Kunoichigumi and the Rangers all yell out to Tsuruhime sort of at once, like, kill your dad, don't kill your dad, be cool, don't don't be cool, I guess. Yeah, and, and, that's, um, and that is the end of this episode. Yeah, well, we get, we get one final shot of Tsuruhime, and she has picked the sword back up. Oh, yes. And then she's sort of just like looking at her dad and holding the sword, and then that's... That's it. That's all we have from this episode. So, man, things are ramping up uh, seemingly very quickly. Yes, indeed, my friend. Um, but there, since we've gotten to the end of the episode and there are no sort of newly dead monsters to add to the Creature Royale, unless you have any sort of final thoughts on this, I think we're going to wrap up for the week. Yeah, no, that finishes it up for me, aside from, man, I am really... You know what it is that I'm actually really excited about? Is I do not have an idea as to the shape of this final battle. Like, going into Die Ranger, our very first season, I didn't know what to expect because I, I hadn't really watched a full Sentai series before, and it was good that I didn't have an idea what to expect because I still don't understand the ending of Die Ranger. <laughs> and, uh, but Jetman, you know, going into Jetman, I feel like I had like a, a pretty reasonable idea as to how that was going to play out. Right. Uh, and, I was, and I was pretty correct. This one, I mean, aside from the fact that the Rangers are going to win... I have no idea what the shape of that is going to be. I don't know if they're going to kill Daimu, if they're going to seal him away again forever. Uh, I, I don't know what's up with Yamamba. Is she just going to die? Is Hakamenru going to get restored or is he going to die? Like, there's a lot of ways this can go. And uh, and I'm just kind of excited to see what is up. What's up with the end of this show? Me too. But that is for next week, Dave. Because for now, that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Kaka Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. Uh, we actually got a few emails recently. Uh, thank you, everyone, for writing in. I was very happy to hear oh, from you. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, if you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. 
rate, review, subscribe on there. That's what's going to help new people find the show. It's not even iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, other shows that you can find on Apple Podcasts are the other Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, uh, which you can also find at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.